Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. It is round 21. We are on the long stretch home. I'm joined again by Josh. Josh, how'd you go in round 20? A few few ups and downs, especially with some players rested from Origin, but overall, not too bad of a round. Yeah, a few ups and downs. I I guess it ended on mostly a down. Like It looked, looked really good from the onset. I, um, I did take my own advice and hold Buller, which... Looked very nice early on, um, but then the the big balls call of going for Nathan Cleary and captaining him didn't <laughs> didn't quite work out as planned. Did turn out to be a bit rogue and not a genius move, but um, you know sometimes you just got to have a throw at the stumps, and unfortunately missed it this time. Yeah, I went for Isaiah Yo as well this week and traded out Buller, so I yeah. Am ruining my choices, unfortunately, from last round. So, um, also traded out Preston for David Fafita, and yeah, that didn't go as planned either. So, yeah, bit of a rough one, bit of a rough one for me, um, but not as much of a rough one for one of our fans and actually a friend of the show, um, Damo, who top scored this week. Yeah, very handy, mate. He's got a, uh, I think he got eleven hundred and eighteen or something like that. So, well done to Damo. Just goes to show, if you listen to this show enough, um, you could be number one ranked in the world for NRL fantasy for one week. So, um, and if you're friends with us, I think, you know, probably even more so. But I guess while we're on the the subjects of shout-outs, Joel, uh, coach of um, Willow's... Legends or something like that. He's a he's a keen listener. He's in the top 150. He's doing very well this season. And then also a mate um, who's, I think he's in the top 500-ish, Michael Roby. He's had a very good season and has been up and down um, as well. So some listeners doing some things. Um, yeah, let us know how you're going in, in the DMs and things like that, and we'll give you a shout-out as well. Awesome. And... and- yeah, sorry, go on. Oh, I wanted to say too, we got some good feedback from our, um, you know, what's your brain fade this week. We got a lot of responses in the DMs, which was really good to see. A lot of folks going for Tino, a lot of people selling Bulla, a lot of people like yourself trading in Yo. So, yeah, we feel your pain. It's um, It was a bit of a tricky week last week, but yeah, hopefully... This week we're back on the on the straight and narrow. We've done all the big buys now, which is which is nice. Yeah. So we can kind of focus on this run home and um, yeah, head to head finals, all that good stuff coming up. Right. Oh well, let's get into it for round twenty one. Um, starting off with the Dragons and Tigers game. Bit of a change for the Dragons with Billy Burns and Dan Russell coming into the starting back row with Bird uh, joining this team amongst the bench. And for the Tigers, we see Sean Bloor named at lock, which would be pretty handy for his scores. Uh, starting with the Dragons, um, Bird on the bench. What do you think the odds of him getting decent minutes are in this Dragons team? You would think high, given that, uh, yeah, Burns and this other new fellas come in for, you know, his start there for the team. But I think I'm just avoiding everything. Sorry, Dan Russell is his name. Um yeah, I'm avoiding Jack Bird completely. Um, yeah, I think it could be a one-week play. He could be out of the team next week. He's just too risky. 
Yeah, it's just one of those things for draft, I guess, that you you don't really want to get rid of Bird. You probably want to be playing him most weeks in your centers, but I think you might need to find another option this week just while he's amongst the bench. He should probably get 40 to 50 minutes, but I can't see him getting much more than that at this point in time while he manages that uh, that ongoing knee injury. Yeah, personally, I'd be trying to sell for 50 cents on the dollar. Get anything you can for Jack Bird if you're a draft owner. Um, I just don't think he's going to be there come your finals time. And, yeah, I think he's kind of just clogging up a roster spot. I wouldn't be too confident playing him at any point, I don't think. Yeah, that's fair. What are your thoughts on Billy Burns, though? Potentially getting an 80-minute edge spot here at the Dragons, um, especially with Dan Russell on another edge. Most likely he's going to be spelled and Jack Bird comes in at some point. Um, you know, Murdoch Masilla's out. Sue has gone for the season. Yeah, his chances look pretty good, to be honest. They do. Um, and to be fair, he scores playing 80, 43, and 67. That 67 he scored uh, in 19 was, yeah, pretty handy. Not too many crazy... Ta- he got a try assist and a line break in there, but even still, that's a 50-plus score in, you know, base there that he's got. Look, I think there's worse moves you can make. It's just... It's not one for me. It's the Dragons. They've been very up and down... It's, yeah, 410k. If he was a little bit cheaper and more of a cash-out option, I'd definitely be interested, but 410k is a little bit awkward for me. I probably wouldn't be too confident if he was a starting number for me, and I think at this point, um, you're not really looking at kind of cash gen and stuff too much, Yep. so I'd be saving trades. Yeah, that's fair. And on the other other side of the of the field, Sean Bloor at lock. Potentially big minutes for him? Oh, he's hurt me too many times, Daniel. I'm not sure if I can go back to the well with, with Sean Bloor, but I think I will be mentioning him in the draft segment that we're doing um, a bit later on. But yeah, not for not for classic. Fair enough. Moving on to the Rabbitohs and Broncos game. The Bunnies are pretty much back to full strength with all their big stars coming back in. You know, Latrell, Jai Arrow, uh, Cam Murray, everyone rested from Origin back in this team. Um, And for the Broncos, seeing their Origin stars and Reese Walsh come back into this team, back from his suspension as well. So it should be a pretty pretty decent game, this Rabbitohs-Broncos game. Uh, Thoughts on the Bunnies team, first off? Yeah, nice to see these familiar names back. And I think this is kind of the theme of the week is just the returns. There's a lot of folks returning. You mentioned some of them there. A few really good options. Probably my favorite one is Cam Murray, given he's at a pretty significant discount to what he was at the start of the season. He's been kind of managed through the origin period as well, I think. So I think he could uh, really go well uh, for this back half. They obviously have one of the buys in there. That doesn't concern me too much. You should have some decent mid-cover. Um, yeah, really like him. And then Luttrell is the other one I'm eyeing off. I think you can wait a little bit on Luttrell. He's got a pretty high break even. So I don't think he's, yeah, someone that you necessarily have to go on this week. It's 88 for this week. So he could drop, you know, 40, 50K, which would be nice. And then... Um, someone I'm definitely looking at for the run home, given he's probably been the best winger fullback this year, maybe. He's definitely up there um, and has been, yeah, unreal when he's been on the park. 
yeah, absolutely. On his day, he can be scoring, you know, 60, 70, 80 plus comfortably. Um, just needs the Rabbitohs to hit form, and especially with their full team back, absolutely can. Um, for the Broncos, though, uh, thoughts on Reese Walsh? Obviously, you know, Payne Haas, he's a, a gun to have in your team. So is Carrigan. He'll do a job. But Reese Walsh is one that a lot of people jumped off because of his suspension. And now that he's back, what are your, what are your thoughts around him getting decent scores? Yeah, I think he's he could do. I just I'm looking at different options. Uh personally, like I think there's yeah, guys like Latrell, even guys like Dylan Edwards that I think are ahead of the, the pecking order for me. Maju, there's like a lot of other decent um folks in this kind of winger fullback category that I think are ahead of him. Ponga as well. Don't mind the shout if you if you're a believer and you want to kind of pod play him, but I'm personally looking elsewhere. Yep. Fair, fair enough. Right. So uh, Titans playing the Roosters. The big one is that Tino is suspended. I think it's a three week suspension for his shoulder charge, which is apparent. I didn't know this. Apparently the standard for a, a grade one shoulder charge is three weeks. That's just the suspension you get now. So shoulder charge charges have really tried to be rubbed out of the game. Um, and for the, uh, sorry, at the back as well. Jaden Campbell moves to the bench and Brimson moves to fullback. So a uh, little bit of a change there. What are your thoughts on Tino? Probably a sell at this stage, considering he misses the next three rounds and he'll only be available for, you know, half the remaining games, I guess. Yeah, it does make it tricky. I think it's more of a team dependent question. Like if you're running really low on trades, I don't hate um, holding him just because like, I think at this point of the year, hopefully your team's pretty set. Like you'll have enough reserves and stuff like that to to keep you going for the next uh, you know, few weeks while he's out. And, you know, we have seen when he's back, he has been scoring pretty well. So I don't I don't hate the hold, but if you got the trades to sell him, I'd also do that if you can swap into like a Payne Haas or Horsbrough, any of these other premium mids it's a pretty good option yeah i guess that's the main thing right it's it's a non-scoring player that's worth 800k for the next three weeks that's the that's the big kicker so if you can get a Haas or a yo or you know a debellin or whatever in for him that's an extra 60 points in your back pocket every week that you're going to miss out on tino for the next couple of rounds so that's the main reason i think he's a a bit of a sell at the moment yeah and for Brimson, I guess, at the back with Campbell moving to the bench. What do you? Brimson's been a bit of a bit of a pod recently. Um, in the games that he has played, ha, can pull off a big score. What are your thoughts around him? He's compelling, given he's got no other buyers this 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 season. He's got the jewel, but I think he's kind of similar to Reese Walsh for me. If you wanted to really pod up, don't hate it, but I think there's better options and. He also does have a decently hard run home uh, with, you know, the Panthers, Storm, Warriors, Sharks. Like a pretty, yeah, going to be interesting to see how many attacking stats he can jag out of those games. Probably one I'm avoiding and looking at another winger fullback with a nice uh, draw and maybe even a little bit cheaper as well if you really wanted to do that. Yeah, fair. Uh, moving on to the Panthers and Bulldogs game. The big one for the Panthers is that Cleary is now named to return. Uh, before we move to this Bulldogs team, because there's a lot of change in the Bulldogs, I just want to talk about Cleary a little bit more. Um, 
I know you think he's a buy out the gate, but I guess a lot of people are kind of hesitant because of that break even of a hundred and the fact that he's, you know, almost a million. So even if he scores, you know, 50, 60 this week, which is what I'm really hoping, um, people can get him in next week at a bit of a discount. But I guess what are your thoughts around Cleary and his chances for the rest of the season, especially returning from quite a major hamstring injury and how that might impact him for the next couple of weeks on his return? Yeah, it's obviously a little bit of a risk that hamstring high re-injury rate as soon as he returns, but I'm pretty happy to lock him in, mate. Um, there's a chance he might go down a little bit of money, but there's also a chance he hits 100 of it against the Bulldogs this week, um, yeah. which <laughs> I think even if he was to get like a 60-70, you save yourself you know, 30-odd K. At this point of the season... I'd be pretty happy taking those 70 points. I'm more concerned about the points I'm missing out on versus the the cash gen gen side of it at this point of the season. So I'm pretty happy locking him in. He's going to be my captain this week. Yeah, he's hoping he's not a late scratching. Yeah, I think that's the, the biggest concern for me is the re-injury rate of those hamstring injuries. I kind of want to see how he goes at least this week just to see that, you know, there's nothing really hampering him going forward because if he if he comes out this week and he's a bit slow, he's letting Luai take a bit more of the play or Edwards take a bit more and he's just there to do a bit of in-play kicking. You know, he might not even kick goals considering Crichton's fit and, you know, he was kicking for New South Wales as well. So it can't be that bad um, having him kick for, for the Panthers. So you never know what could happen when he's trying to nurse that hamstring, you know, injury because they're going to make finals, the Panthers. So there's, it's not worth him risking himself too much towards the back end of this season uh, at the moment. But um, obviously the Panthers want minor premierships, so they're still going to be fighting a little bit. But I think for the next game or two, he might probably, you know, just take it easy just to get back into the swing of things, especially being out for seven weeks. It's quite a long time. And I will just add with that, like, I think it was originally slated as a four to six week injury. Um, and that's kind of the average return for NRL players for it. Um, so I think they have been overly cautious with him. So I think at this point, like, you know, they put him on ice. They gave him probably an extra week than what he needed. I think if, you know, it had been a finals game or something, he would have played last week. Yeah. And I think at this point, they kind of want to get some run in his legs for this run home. Um, so, yeah, I would be surprised if he gets, you know, subbed off early or something like that. I think they want him to play the full game. But there is obviously that chance if they're carrying, you know, Jamin Salmon on the bench as well, that he could, you know, Panthers are up by 40 or whatever into the second half. He could be an early, early shower for him. So there is some risk, but I'm happy to take on the risk. And we've seen he's the best player in fantasy. So I think if you're going to bet on any kind of player to, uh, you know, put up a big score against a pretty average team, I'm pretty happy putting my chips on, on Nathan Cleary. Yeah. And it's fair to say that, you know, not having his scores this week would be still a detriment to most teams. Like the fact that he can, you know, score an 80 or a 90 on any given week, not having that in your team for the final, you know, seven rounds is, yeah, pretty detrimental. So definitely one that most teams, especially all the teams in the top 100, top 1,000, are going to be aiming to get in for sure. Definitely, yeah. Well, I guess I am in that boat, but it's 
yeah, it's kind of like a, a risk reward situation in a sense, like not having clear could really cost you if you're at the top of the, the ranks. Um, like if he comes out and gets a hundred and you're one of the teams that doesn't have him, that's yeah, it's going to be hard to recover from. Yeah, absolutely. Right, I'm looking at this Bulldogs team now. Um, Toby Sexton's out with his head knock, so he'll miss this week, but we'll be back next week. So Kyle Flanagan comes in at halfback. And a few changes, obviously, with Kikau staying at... Uh, oh, sorry, not Kikau. Kiraz staying at centre um, and Wilson on the wing. But Kikau and Josh Adokar are also amongst the reserves, so could see them as late inclusions this week as well, which will be pretty handy because I don't think we've seen Kikau for some time now. I think it's been three to four months, so... Yeah, should be should be handy for the dogs. How do you see this team playing out this week, especially against a Panthers team that's you know full strength? It'll be a long day at the office, I'd say. Um, especially two relatively inexperienced wingers going up against like Toto and Brighton and Hungo, who was unreal last week as well. So. Yeah, I'm not super hopeful, but they have shown some glimpses the last couple of weeks of dogs um, kind of returning to form. So I'm not really looking at anyone in this team for classic. Maybe Kiraz, he's kind of going back to that base. There's been some handy scores from guys like Avarillo, and maybe if you wanted to cash down for like a one of these two wingers here, it's a decent, decent option. But yeah, not really anything too noteworthy for me. Yeah, I don't mind the cash down to Avarillo because he is under 400k, so it's not a terrible cash out option. Just his scores at fullback have been pretty awful unless he gets attacking stats. So his, he doesn't have a high base at fullback, whereas Kiraz at center, I'm much more, I, I feel he's much more reliable than an Avarillo would be. Yes, he's a bit more expensive, but he's easily capable of getting you a 60 plus um, most weeks, especially considering he gets like. 150 plus run meters a week. So Kiraz, good cash down option. Avrilo, bit sketchy, but also could could do you well. And what are your thoughts on Tungle, actually? Because everyone's been talking about him as, as a must get in this week. Obviously, with a, I think he's got a three round average of like 90 or something ridiculous at the moment. Oh, 80, sorry. Um, yeah, his scores have been unreal the last couple of weeks, but also he's had the last two games, he's scored a double. So. Yeah, he's got a lot of attacking stats in his scores. What are your thoughts on him for the for the run home as a potential option? Very good. Like, he's been unreal, obviously. Panthers, you imagine they will come kind of storming home. But I think if you have if you haven't got him already, you've probably missed the boat. Like, he's, <laughs> he would have 89k last week. Yeah. He, yeah, looks set to go up another decent chunk this week kind of no matter what he scores. But, um, yeah, I think he's already kind of hovering around the 700K. I think that money, unless you're, like, absolutely loaded, I think it can be better use going guys like Cleary, Haas, etc. Yeah, that's the big thing, right? It's the 700K. That's huge when you could be getting a mid or a half that are, going to, that are much more reliable scorers um, than your centers. And especially when you've got like guys like Holmes that's around 700K, you've also got Dane Gagai, who's at 650 or 640, actually, who could also do well. And even Campbell Graham that's under 600K that might even be a more reliable center option. Like It's so much money to be sinking into your centers that it could be you know 
costly towards the back end when you've got so many other centers that can do you a job that are cheaper. Exactly, yeah. Righto, the last notable game of the week sees the Sharks taking on Manly. Uh, for the Sharks, uh, a few changes. So we see Moylan, Wilton, and Graham out of the team. Obviously, Wilton with that knee injury, so he's going to be gone for pretty much the season. Um, and Moylan just dropped from the team for his defensive efforts on the weekend. Uh, Sifatalakai moves to the bench, which sees Tracy come in at centre. And we also have Trindle in the halves with Nico Hines. What are your thoughts around this Sharks team? Because I'm concerned a little bit with Trindle in the halves with Hines, considering he does a bit of kicking as well. Um, I'm always concerned with the Sharks. Like, any danger of being a good team? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I can understand why they've made some big changes. Obviously, a bit of a blow with, with Teague out for the, I guess, foreseeable future. I don't think there's any official reporting on how long he's out for, but you'd imagine it's at least three to four weeks. Um, look like meniscus, MCL kind of uh, dangers there. So, yeah, I kind of... It's kind of a tricky one for draft owners. I think it's almost line through him for the season, unfortunately. They're, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, this team. I'm not sure how long it'll stick. You know, Talakai, he's probably a sell now going onto the bench. I'm kind of interested in the new edge they've got there. Um, I won't Oh, Yeah, that's good. I like that. Be interesting to see, I think, Wade Graham's got some like a toe injury or something like that. So, yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to hold this sport long-term, but he's kind of an interesting cash-out option. I think he's got a break-even, uh, like, I think it was like around 20, his break-even. Yeah, so I don't imagine he's going to kind of blow that out of the water. I think you can give him a weekend and see how he looks. Um, But he's probably the only one I'm I'm really looking at as a fantasy option for Classic, I mean. Yeah, I, I think I'm just eyeing off Calhoun as a bit of a, a cash-out option just so I can get Cleary in because he's got longevity in this this, this spot until Wade Graham's back. I think he's got he, – you're right, he does have a toe injury. It's probably looking like a, a two-ish, three-week injury. Um, Wilton's probably longer term. But even if he gets me a couple of scores before he becomes a red dot, as I need him on the bench, you know, that's fine for me. I probably don't even need him on the bench. He's going to be sitting amongst my emergencies anyway. But, yeah, I, I don't mind him as a, a bit of a play if you're trying to get up to Cleary and need someone to cash out as well that's going to give you at least a couple of games. So, yeah, decent decent play there. Don't expect huge scores, but, you know, if you get it, if he gets a 30 or a 40, happy with that. Yeah, I definitely don't mind that. And, yeah, 240, pretty nice cash out option. Um, yeah. Rate it. Absolutely. Righto. I guess one thing I did want to talk about quickly before we move into draft options was the DPP updates. So I guess the big ones that most people were probably seeing um, come into effect before or when team lists were announced yesterday was Ruben Garrick becoming center and Nass also becoming an edge. They're probably the two highest owned players that people will be affected by. Garrick as a center is probably the biggest one for me. And Nass is also handy, but not as big as yeah Garrick amongst your centers because the fact that you can play him there and then you can get an extra winger like your Latrells, uh, like an Edwards, someone like that, 
uh, you know, Marzu even you were talking about before. I think that's much more beneficial this point in the year. What are your thoughts around that um, positioning there? Yeah, massive for Garrick. Um, I think it means you don't... Like, the centre position has been dog shit all year, so now we've got someone who's going to be kind of getting consistent 45s or larger. Like, he looks really good. I thought on the weekend, Garrick, he was just, like, real busy, really involved, and then when he gets those attacking stats too, he could be, you know, 60-plusing on his day. But... Yeah, I think Garrick, Manu, two pretty good options in your centres. Garrick, Lemuelu, I think I'm looking at those. They're going to be my three, Garrick, Lemuelu, and, and Manu. And yeah, it's just really handy for flexibility. I think you don't... I kind of want one or like maybe one extra mid and one extra winger fullback and one extra centre just on my emergencies or or something in case. But then that added extra... Um, you know, flexibility of Garrick means you can maybe run with like one jaw or something like that, I think, for, for injury cover and buys. Yeah, absolutely. I guess the other handy one that I didn't touch on was Cody Nikarima also getting the winger fullback um, spot as well. So he can kind of be used as a, as a fill-in winger fullback as well if you've got him hanging around. But I don't think the likeliness of him staying at fullback for the rest of the season is probably low. I'd say he'd probably revert back to that number 14 or even, you know, number nine with Jeremy Marshall King's injury um, sometime in these last seven games. But we'll we'll see what happens next week for him. Yeah, for sure. Rate that. Righto, moving on to the draft options. Who are your main ones for this week? Yeah, so my first one's the plug and plays. I really like Aaron Clark the next three weeks with Tino out, I think starting lock, we saw what he can do last year where he was around the 50 mark when he was playing big minutes there. I think he's pretty nice to plug in. Um, I'd probably put him above guys like Cam McInnes if you've got him. And yeah, I just think for the three three or so weeks, pretty handy. Um, I also do like Sean Bloor. He's, he's my other plug and play and think he can do a job for you this week. Yeah, absolutely. I think Bloor is probably my, my favorite option out of those because he it's obvious that the Tigers want to fit him in somewhere, but they can't really move Bateman because he's just so valuable on an edge. Um, they do rotate him a little bit through the middle Bateman, so you get some extra you know base stats for him if you've got Bateman. But Bloor, it means that they've got to try to use Bloor as much as they can through the middle um, in this team. So expect him to probably get around you know 50, 50 minutes on the park and get you around a, a 35-40 most weeks anyway, if not more, if you can get some tackle busts. Yeah, for sure. And probably also worth mentioning if Jai Arrow is anywhere on your waivers, I think he's an immediate pickup as well. Yeah, absolutely. Been under the radar, actually, Jai Arrow. Now that he's back um, at full strength, probably, you know, capable of getting your, your 50-plus scores on an edge. It just depends what his minutes are going to turn out like. That's the That's the main thing. Yeah, I think he's a lock. Or not a lock, but I... Decently confident that he's, yeah, 45-50 for the rest of the year. Like, his average doesn't look that good because he's got a few injury-affected games in there. But um, I think he's shown once he kind of gets to that full fitness and has that role locked down, he can, yeah, punch out those big scores. Absolutely. Right on, um, let's move on to buy-hold cells. Oh, sorry, oh, I just wanted to, hold. yeah, just mention, so the stashes that I've got, uh, we talked about him before, Colquin, and then 
Grindle as well. I've got here as a stash. Just, I'm not sure if I'd be willing to play him in a draft this week. I'd be kind of wanting to see what he does, but he could have this spot for the rest of the year, and the Sharks have a pretty nice run home. So they're kind of probably the two stashes I'm looking at this week. Yeah, rate that. Righto, buy, hold, sells. Uh, obviously, Cleary is amongst your buys, but who else have you got this week? Pretty team on Cam Murray. He's, um, yeah, talked about the discount. They've got the nice run home. They've got one buy in there, but I'm pretty happy to lock him in if you're looking for a discount there in your, in your mids. The other one who we haven't really touched on is Payne Haas. I think he's... Yeah, I'm, I think he's pretty much a must-have. Like, he's been unreal this year when he's played. He's, to my knowledge, the leading Dally M player of the year. He's going to want to continue that form and kind of cement that that award, I think. So I'm I'm taping him for a big second or big back end of the, of the year. So I'm going to be, yeah, trying to fit him into my team somehow this week. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. It's just hard when you've got guys like like other guys you have to bring in, like your Clearies, like your Murrays, to try to get Haas in as well. There's just so many options you kind of want in your team that it's hard to get get all of them. You've got to just decide who is the, the most needed based on your team, I think, this week. Um, exactly, yeah. One of my top buys still, and I've been talking about Kiraz for the last month, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, Kiraz is my, my buy to get in. Now that he's moved to centers, I can see his base stats rising a bit more um, and him getting a bit more involved. So, yeah, Jacob Kiraz, get him in. Was a real bummer that he didn't get the the duel as well. Yeah, I think he was pretty close to getting that duel center if he had played one more game. Yep. But I guess there's a chance before lockout that it... Um, I think it's still could change, but probably unlikely. And, um, yeah, really unfortunate because that would have been really handy as well. Yeah, I guess if you have both Kiraz and Garrick, you can always move Garrick to centre and then use Kiraz as a winger fullback. But yeah, it's it's dependent on your team and who you've got hanging around there. Righto, what about your your holds this week? One guy I'm holding, Toe Harris. Um, seen a lot of DMs and um, folks messaging us in the DMs and stuff like that. Yeah, that have that have sold him, but I'm. I'm holding, there was, uh, you know, some mail, I think Webster came out after the Warriors game and said he had a, an illness, so he was managed accordingly. Didn't play many minutes on the weekend, which is why I got that low score. I'm happy to hold him. He's a weapon. You look at their bench this week, and there's not a whole lot you're looking at there that you think are going to take minutes from Tohu Harris. I think he's still got a big minute role in this pack, even if he's on one leg. Um, he still seems to get these minutes. So I'm still happy to, to run with him. And I don't, yeah. I know some people are maybe selling him to kind of get Cleary and stuff like that. That I can kind of understand Someone's someone's got to go. But I think for the most part, people should be holding him. Um, and he's a proven gun. He'll come back to form. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh. My hold this week is probably Val Tavare, I think. Obviously, the Delphins have the have the bye, but I think he still has a chance to come back into this team at centre. It just depends on what the shake-up is between, you know, the Hammer and Nick Arima for that fullback spot. So 
I think Tavares still a bit of a hold, but I can understand if you want to sell him on. He's still worth, you know, 430K. So if you need that cash to spend up elsewhere, um, I don't mind selling him, but I think most people would prefer to hold him as he's a pretty handy saddle wing jewel that you can kind of maneuver your team around if you need him in in there somewhere. Yeah, I agree. And for the most part, when he's been playing, he's been scoring well. So definitely don't mind that from Big Val. He's definitely not a winger. That's for sure. After watching that game on the weekend, he's definitely not a winger, and I don't think they'll play him on the wing again. Well, I hope Bennett doesn't play him on the wing again. Hey, what he looked about two hundred kilos when Isaac Tungo ran around him there. So yeah, comfortably ran around him as well. And he had a bit of strapping on his hamstring as well. I, I don't know if he's carrying an injury or if that's just precautionary, but yeah, he's he's definitely strapped up there. So obviously struggles to hit full pace if you've got a bit of a hamstring injury as well. Righto, the cells this week. Uh, a few there that we've already kind of discussed, Tino being one of them. Um, I think most people won't have him, but, you know, Regan Campbell-Gillard obviously going, um, being suspended for the next four weeks with that, uh, what, I guess, the dangerous contact with led with his knees into a tackle. Um, but who else have you got as cells this week? Yeah, you can probably add Teague to that list. Um, any of the yep. guys that are injured for foreseeable... Seeable time. Um, Jake Simpkin, I think he can he can go now, given that he's out of this team. Yep. And uh, also, kind of just looking at the, the top sold here, Jack Cogger. It looks like his time's done in this Panthers team. If you had him, I'm pretty happy with him. Him going there, you can cash him down for yeah one of these guys. Like you're gonna have to say his name again. The bloke from the 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 Sharks, Colquhoun. Oh, Colhoun, there you go, Colhoun. Yeah, I think they're kind of the the main ones this week. It's it's kind of tricky, like where at the back end of the year, it's I think a lot of teams, I guess that I've been seeing the things are still making two, three trades and leaving them less than five trades for the end of the year. Really, kind of spreading yourself thin and. I think if you're leaving yourself less than five, almost everything has to go to plan and you're kind of banking on like no injuries and things like that, or at least minimal injuries. It just, a lot can happen. I'd be pretty tempted to kind of stay conservative and, you know, leave yourself with a couple of trades so you can make some moves in the run home. Yeah, don't don't sprint to the finish line too fast, I guess is is my advice. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I think you probably should have at least a trade a week just in case, you know, if you have an injury, an ACL injury or something, you know, long-term from a player, you really want to be able to trade them out. So you don't want to get stuck with someone like, you know, Tarpany or Tabellin or someone going down and then you've just got to hold the red dot for the rest of the year. So definitely hold on to a few trades. Um, it happens every injuries. year. Yeah, there'll be one. There'll be one week and it'll be like three injuries of the like three most known players and then everyone's going to be screwed if you've got an extra couple of trades and can can save yourself there some big yeah. some big jumps especially i guess to head to head any folks doing doing stuff like that definitely hold for those those matchups so you can yeah make some moves yeah and especially at the start of this week as well um NRL physio posted how it's been the season with the least amount of ACL injuries um in the last 5 years or something like that um, yeah, jinx it. So absolutely jinxing it for, for the run home now. So expect someone to go down this week, basically. Righto. 
Let's move on to some fan questions now, Josh. So if you ever want to send us through a fan question, uh, head to our Instagram page at Footy Brains Pod, and we'll put up a, a story every week for people to ask questions. First question uh, from Ryder is, who should I trade Tino to? So probably the biggest one. Um, everyone's got on their minds this week. What are your options? Probably Cleary, us, the two that I'm looking at that I'd be trading him in for. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Haas is the like for like, but if you can get him up to Cleary, that's even better. Uh, next question. Is Lane a point of difference option for the run home? He's a point of difference option, but probably not for the right reasons. Um, I don't think he's been that great. There's a chance once Dylan Brown comes back and that combo kind of reignites that he um, he sees an uptick in scores, but I think I'm looking elsewhere and not... He's not really in consideration for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I just yeah, it's it's so hard because he he needs that combination, like you said, with Dylan Brown. But Parramatta have so many other ways to to go forward in attack, and it just doesn't seem like they need to rely on Lane anymore to get those tackle busts and offloads. Like you know how he breaks through the line and then just offloads it to Agatho or whoever on the inside. It doesn't seem like that's the go to anymore. So yeah. Not a bad option, but doesn't look like he has that just yet. Um, question from Nick. Need a center for head-to-head uh, and have about 599k max. Already has Manu and Lemuelu, but obviously needs another option. So who are your, who are your options there at center? Jeez, yeah, that's tough. I guess just like a one-week player, I'd almost be looking at um, yeah, someone like way down the list so you can kind of cash out this week, and then um, I guess you're not going to need another center going forward. If you've got Lemuelo and Manu there, they should kind of hold for the rest of the year. So I wouldn't even be that upset even going like a skeleton and like really cashing down. I suppose he needs to win his head-to-head final here. So this is the that's the big one. Like who, oh, do, you, who do you think would be a good option this week to to get up? And what he said, five, like 600 Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of looking at Lomax just because they're playing the Tigers. I'd say he's probably a pretty good head-to-head option this week. Okay. I read that. Connor Tracy is kind of interesting as well. Yeah. Um, 496 there. But just yeah, looking that's... at matchups, I guess. Yeah, they're probably the two best ones coming up against weaker opposition. Um, you could always go to a Stephen Crichton as well against the Dogs. Not a bad option. Even Simonson's been doing good the last couple of weeks. Obviously, didn't do great on the week just gone. Not a lot of Parramatta players did good on the week just gone. But, um, yeah, he's also been a a pretty gun option in the centres as well. For sure, yeah, I like that. Sorry, I didn't realise it was head-to-head finals. Yeah, definitely look at one of these other guys that are probably in the mid and just play the matchup. Yeah, absolutely. Question, is Cleary a buy this week or should he wait till next week? Yeah, I think we kind of touched on this. I'm happy to lock him in this week. I'm happy to bet on him. Even if he drops a little bit of price, I think he can easily make it up. Um, and those probably 70-plus points in your team, I think are more valuable than you know him losing 30, 40K. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
a lot of questions here we've already touched on. Like question from Jack is Tavare sell? We've called him a hold for now. Uh, also a question from Caleb about Tohu Harris being a sell, but we've also called him a hold this week. Um, question from Jack is, are these good trades basically? So Tino to Big Red and Asako to Manu or Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, don't mind that. If he's got the trades to do it, lock it in. So who would you say, Manu or Latrell? Oh, I'm um, sorry. I, hmm, I guess if he's got that much cash, I'd be, I'd be kind of interested to do something a little bit pottish and go Latrell. But you know, as we we're saying, he's got a pretty high break even. You probably don't need to pull the trigger this week. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Question from Brock is Tracy or Simonson the best option for draft this week? I think Tracy. I really like Tracy. If he, it's kind of tricky. I don't know how long he's going to hold this spot for. But if he holds it for the rest of the year, it's a it's a great play. He's yeah, and he good. showed that he can be really handy as well as a center. So get some pretty good stats if you look at his two games so far. Uh, question from Diver. Okay, is Garrick a must now that he has the center and wing fullback duel? I'm not sure if he's a must, but he's pretty high up there. He's That duel is just so nice and... Especially in the centers, there's not a lot of great options, as we've said a lot of times throughout this year. So, um, yeah, I'd definitely be looking to bring him in if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, question from Ryan. Who will win the NRLW season this year? That's a that's a pretty good one. Jeez, I... Well, I guess bias says the Cowboys. But I'm not sure, mate. I, I guess your bias would say the, the Eels. I mean, yeah, of course, but I think the, I mean, the Knights won last year and they've still got a pretty good team going into this year with, you know, Tamika Upton at fullback and Jesse Southwell in the halves. Like they're two of the best players in the league. Well, they definitely were last year. So could absolutely pull off another blinder again this year. They started the season pretty slow um, last year, but could definitely see them um, hitting their stride this year and just being absolutely dominant as well. So probably the Knights again for me, but then again, the Roosters are also a pretty strong team as well with, you know, Kelly and Sergis as their centers, pretty good attacking weapons. So I'd probably put it between the Knights and the, the Roosters at this point. Yeah, fair shout. And I guess, well, we both tipped the Roosters to win the Premiership and in, <laughs> look how that's turned out. But we should say too that um, get around the mixer if you haven't already. I know me and you will both be answering a team and, I guess we should. We're going to try and do some kind of updates on the pod and on socials as well, different options and things like that. So get around the mixer. Um, I know for me now that you know, I think it's a good option at this time of the year as well. Especially like, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm going to come back to to first place in NRL fantasy from 700 or wherever I am at the moment. So it's nice to have some some glimmer of hope back and and do some NRL mixer as well. Yeah, and it and it is good to say that um, there are prizes up for grabs every week. So you know, if you top score, I think every week you you get a prize in NRL Mixer. So definitely enter our league and definitely put a put a team in this year as well. Head to our Instagram as well for the league code. It's all there um, in our bio. Righto, Josh, that is pretty much it for this week. Um, any any imparting words? Jeez, I'm gonna to have to think of a good catchphrase or something to say here at the end. But I think actually, I'll just before say, we get to that, 
sorry, before before we get to the end of the show, I just want to touch on your your ranks, I guess, because, you know, you can win prizes for, and I was talking to Damo about this after he top scored this week, you can kind of win prizes for being top three scorers of the month, and you can also win prizes for being in the top 10 at the end of the year, but you also get a prize for being top of your um, your supporters league. So that's how I, I got a prize when I was top of the Parramatta league, I think back in 2021 now. Um, but for yourself, how high are you up the up the Cowboys league? I assume you put the Cowboys as your supporting team, that is. <laughs> that is a safe assumption. And I am 43rd. They're not too bad. You are up there. Yeah. Up there. Definitely up um, there. I have no clue. Well, I have to probably make up about a 500 points to um, beat the guy who's coming first. Um, not sure what his overall rank is there, but... Um, would have to have a few things go my way. I think. Oh, his overall rank is eleven. So great. <laughs> well, yeah, you could assume that they're going to be pretty high. I think. Yeah, I got thirty eighth when when I was top of the Parramatta League. So it goes to show that some some teams obviously don't have the the highest scoring players. So you you might be able to to sneak in there if you're lucky. Put the Dolphins as my favourite team. They're, yeah, absolutely. Uh... <laughs> they wouldn't have that many fans, surely, for fantasy. But no, I think apart from that, good luck, everyone. Um, And yeah, go well. Thanks, Josh. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Footy Brains podcast. Please follow us at Footy Brains Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you'd like to further support us in what we do, you can do so through Patreon. All links are in our socials bio or through the link tree in the episode description. Good luck, and we'll see you next week.